Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Spirit Seeker Hour. Spirit Seeker Hour is your chance to delve into the world of your inner spirit. The Spirit Seeker Hour is brought to you by Spirit Seeker Magazine. Go to www.spiritseeker.com to find out more. And now, here's Cindy Meyer. adults. 
huge majority of brain tumors are indeed malignant. Only about 10% are benign. That 10% can often be cured. And the best you can do with the others is palliation. Right. So you started off working with the brains. And I mean, so you probably were just totally fascinated with how the brain even worked. <laughs> well, that's right. That's why I went into it. Cause, well, you know, I thought the brain is really controls everything that we know. And, of course, the mind is the most important thing that we have from the brain. And so I was interested in both of those. And even neuroanatomy. Most of my colleagues and fellow students hated it because it's very complex. And to me, it's absolutely amazing. I don't think there's anything physically more complex than the human brain. I think you're right. And when you think about the fact that, you know, it's just this small part, shall we say, of the whole body overall, and yet it's the command center. Well, that's right. And But it, it, it is the thing that makes us human, of course. Um, you know that without that and our big frontal lobes, <laughs> we wouldn't be able to do what we can do. Of course, the whole human body is, to me, you know, the greatest physical creation that we know. But the human mind is the greatest creation that we're able to study uh, in the universe. So. Over the years, as you're as you've continued to to learn and evolve and work with countless patients, and I mean, you've developed this uh, this technique um, or treatment known as biogenics, and that was 1971. And that was, I mean, if you would be kind enough to please explain what biogenics is. I mean, it, I heard the name and I went, oh, I like the way that sounds. <laughs> well, biogenics, the origin of life, of course. And basically, it's because uh, it is, well, it's an integration of everything that I could find at that particular time uh, of self-regulation. In other words, it, it drew upon the mental and spiritual disciplines from all over the world. Actually, it it was integrated from over 350 books that I read in one year. And, I mean, I am a speed reader, fortunately. And so I learned that, you know, the first thing you've got to do is be present. So this thing sometimes called be here now, but be in present time. Otherwise, you're wasting all of your energy on stuff that's already happened. The second is believing that you can do something, and that is where biofeedback, the feeding back of changes in the body to mental activity, is so important for some people. And then the next step is just relaxation. Of course, there are hundreds and hundreds of tools for helping us relax, and it is great. It does reduce the stress reaction, but it doesn't necessarily get rid of the chronic recurrent stress things unless you train the mind and brain and the body to go further. And that was the part that I wanted to bring together. So I learned that, for instance, I always think of Dr. Doolittle talking to the animals. You talk to the body, it responds. A German psychiatrist, Johann H. Schultz, in 1912, developed a technique called autogenic training. 
And by 1969, there were six volumes with 2,600 scientific references showing that people who would use that one particular technique, 80% of the time could bring stress illnesses under control. Students, athletes, business people, everybody who does it gets better. does take time. You know, it takes you 20 minutes a day for at least three months to learn how to do it well. (laughs) But once you learn how to do it, It'll take you three to five minutes a day to keep it. Back in the late 70s, I worked with a football team at the University of Wisconsin Lacrosse. They had been at the bottom of their league. I mean, unbelievably bad the year before. I taught them this simple technique with some visualization, and they were co-champions that year. That's how good it is. You know, it's interesting. In Germany, um, back in the in the early days, shall we say, they were working with their athletes with creative visualization, they would have them, you know, um, my my stepdaughter actually did a, a course of study with the athletes, and it was this university in um, Frankfurt, Germany, and they actually worked with the athletes with creative visualization way before the rest of the world even knew what, they, what it was. Oh, yes, even Japan. Japan took it up way back in the 50s also, at the Olympic athletes throughout the world, except in this country. I know, it's so have funny. Have been trained with it. <laughs> but we act like acupuncture is new, too. <laughs> it's just—it's funny, but you know. And you've been an advisor to many people, including um, Presidents Kennedy and Eisenhower. I mean, how wonderful is that? Well, actually, the physicians to those people. Either way, you—you you were being sought out for your wisdom. <laughs> right. Well, um, Eisenhower's physician was a wonderful, wonderful uh, cardiologist, Paul Dudley White from Boston. He was one of those first physicians who went to China during the Nixon visit that became part of the thaw. And he actually got back to this country and heard from uh, a mutual friend about my work in Western acupuncture, which some people called it, and invited me to come to Boston to talk with him. And then a month later, I was invited to replace him on a symposium at Stanford University. Wonderful man. And then, of course, um, Dr. Janet Travell was Kennedy's physician, and she is the one who in the Wall Street Journal uh, said, well, what's all this interest in acupuncture? We've had it in the West here. There's a young neurosurgeon out in in Wisconsin who's been doing that here. And actually, I did start using acupuncture and electrical acupuncture in the 60s. Wow. I mean, that was way – that was – that's, you know, I mean, the chiropractors that are trained in acupuncture and the other people trained in Chinese medicine and traditional Chinese medicine, I mean, this you were a forerunner. That was before most of the people even knew about this. Well, you know, I, I've i been known to go out on a twig. <laughs> <laughs> but to me, you know, my all of my earlier work, from the time I was a, a freshman in medical school, I got interested in neurophysiology, the electrical actions of the brain. And so... Every summer in medical school, uh, instead of, you know, accelerating and taking off the classes, I did research on the electrical system of the brain. And I discovered a number of interesting things, something that's at least in science and medicine pretty well known today, the amygdala, was one of the big centers of emotions. All of my work for three summers was on the amygdaloid nucleus of the cat. Absolutely fascinating stuff. Oh, my. This brings back memories. When I was in nursing school, we had the same 
cat cadaver for two semesters. <laughs> we would carry it. We actually nicknamed it Fluffy. And, oh, I remember the other day. Oh, oh my gosh. And we'd have, we, when we were allowed to bring it home and we'd have a glass of wine while we were working with the dead cat, <laughs> studying the muscles and everything. I mean, oh, my I mean, but but but, but why cats? Is, are their brains similar to humans, or 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 just because well, they're lab animals more? They're they're inexpensive. Okay, okay, all right. And there's right. A, a an excess of them because of feral cats. Right, they populate you know, quickly. And those feral cats are dangerous to pet cats. So I mean, that's where most of them come from, and it, it's sort of a contribution to science is the only way you can look at it. Now, I have to admit. I really would have trouble today working. <laughs> oh, I know the whole thing. I know times have changed. I mean, you know, I can remember going for on a tour when I was considering chiropractic school, and one of the things they do is they take you through the cadaver lab, and you're like, okay, you know, I don't know, but um, but we have to learn in some way. But here you are studying that part of the brain that now we understand is so important. Absolutely. And, of course, um, it fits perfectly because that's very involved, not only in anger, but also in some of the pain mechanisms. Interesting. You know, there's a there's a method in the Korean um, healing uh, tradition where they read your face. And ah, personality, yes. Yeah, I couldn't remember the name of it. And, you know, they can read the person's anger. They can read the whole body through the face, which I find fascinating. What is it called? Personology, personology. Yeah. Okay, I mean, I remember, you know, I took my son for acupuncture when he was a teenager. He had this, you know, just this cough that wasn't going away, and I said, "We're going to go." And of course, he did the cupping. Oh boy! And so, you know, here's my son, and I'm feeling like, okay, I hope I did the right thing. But, you know, at that time, he was biting his nails, and I'll never forget this Chinese wonderful medical doctor that said to him. You will never be respected if you keep that habit, he says. <laughs> and, and seriously, and, and, I, and when we left, my son's like, what in the world was that? I just got beaten up. I get lectured about, you know, the fact that I occasionally, you know, pull a nail. Or, and I said, you know, it's more than that, and you'll never forget this, and when you're ready, you'll listen to his wisdom. You've because, got it. <laughs> you know, and, and so one day he came home from college, like two years later, and he had broken the habit. And I, I said, what in the world happened? He said, I just made up my mind, and it was time. Ah, bright boy. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, there's so many things that we in this Western world are, we act like it's new, and it isn't. And, you know, here you are, the the founder, president. How does this work? What is your title with the American Holistic um, Medical Association? Well, I was the founder and the first president of the American Holistic Medical Association. That goes back to 1978. Great. Um, and so, you know, I'm, I'm just started it. And, and of course, my reason was that we were ignoring so much. We were, we were ignoring much of the mind and all of the spirit. That was the whole purpose in starting the American Holistic Medical Association. I felt we had to integrate it all. And today, actually, finally, there is this concept of integrative medicine. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, I... Uh... I've walked in in both worlds. I started off as a nurse, but then quickly knew that so many of the illnesses, you know, you'd be taking the the history of the patient and you would just see stress, 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 you know, and you could see that like the physical illness was the, like the final part of this journey sort of where it finally cropped up. And um, 
You know, I remember when the Holistic Nurses Association first was uh, started in, you know, the, the more people can learn, and I love the integrative, you know, I love the name of it. You know, it's not one or the other. Let's do whatever works best for the situation. Absolutely. There's no question about it that it is important to look at the whole person, and that means body, mind, spirit, and environment. I'm a feng shui consultant, and I cannot tell you how many times when I've worked with clients and then I say, I think it's time for a home visit. I think a feng shui consultation might be in order. And, you know, the environment, your external, totally affects the internal, and we're not taught this in this culture. I mean, you know, less is more. And so I know what you're talking about. Environment is it's in every way it can be toxic, you know, in so many different ways. Right. Well... I mean, for instance, just living in a city. I don't know about St. Louis, but I do know about Springfield. The background, background 10 years ago of electromagnetic field effect, if you will, was was between 2.5 and 3 milligauss. Now, that doesn't sound like a lot, but there's good evidence. As a neurosurgeon, someone who's looked at neurophysiology for hmm, over 60 years... I don't like having my brain exposed to three milligauss all day. There's good evidence that that increases the risk of malignant brain tumors and leukemia. And so here we are. You can't get away from at least that much if you live in a city as small as under 59,000. Now, there are things you could do, and that's, you know, that's one of the fun things of the holistic approach, I did a, a research project, oh gosh, at least 15 or 16 years ago on a little device I have no financial involvement with it called Clarus Q Pendant. And I found that that will protect the brain from 50 milligauss of electromagnetic energy. So I wear one all the time because, of course, I travel and I do go into the city, can't avoid it. And I sit at a computer, although I, I'm, I'm very careful at my computer, the way I've got it arranged my brain gets less than one milligauss. So that's with um, with the combination of the, the shield or what is it called again? What is this called? Claromag? And the number, the letter Q pendant, maybe a company called Claris. It's the only one I know that's been studied. It shows unequivocally. And, you know, we, we tested it in a large number of patients and found that Many people, especially those who are depressed, are very, very sensitive to electromagnetic energy. For them, three to six milligauss within six inches of the head causes the electroencephalogram to become quite abnormal. Now, for someone like me, it takes about 50 milligauss to change my EEG. And that's, that would be true of most non-depressed people. So the, the more problems you've got, the more sensitive you become to these kinds of environmental things. Right. The, the EMF, you know, in, um, you know, it's interesting, my first real comprehension of working with the EMF was when I was in feng shui school, and we had one instructor who was trained in biobiology. Um, are you familiar? By chance, it was, it's from Germany, <clears throat> and it's a system of analyzing the environmental factors in a home or a business, starting oh, yeah. with... Okay, so this particular teacher had a uh, son who went to college somewhere, and 
he all of a sudden his grades were off, he couldn't sleep, everything was just thrown off, and he was a, a bright student and wasn't being lazy, but he could not focus. So she came to his dorm room, she looked at the dorm room, and she says, I, I just don't see what, what is wrong. She says, but what's, can we get into the room on the other side? Can we see your neighboring roommate's room? He said, okay. Well, he, they go into the next door room, and on the wall behind where this young man was sleeping was a computer lab that was huge. So he was being fried all night long while he was sleeping. Mm-hmm. Totally interrupted his um, everything. Well, you know, interestingly, many years ago, uh, I when I got started looking at, at the electromagnetic background, I checked my bed, and my wife was still at, in her office, which is right next door to our bedroom. And I had a high level of, um, and this was before computers. And electric typewriters are far worse than computers oh at putting gosh. out electromagnetic energy. So, of course, we had to move her typewriter away from the bed. How inter- isn't it just interesting? I mean, and you know, if you take dowsing rods with a cell phone, you can just see them go off the top. Oh, oh, yes. Right. But if you put a piece of uh, tourmaline, black tourmaline on it, just one little tiny piece of a black tourmaline crystal and tape it, all of a sudden it's neutralized. Well, I've done a lot of work on crystals also, and that's my favorite activity. <laughs> <laughs> I do like to play. <laughs> yes. You're like the mad scientist in a wonderful way. <laughs> well, you know, Carolyn Mace often calls me the mad wizard. <laughs> I was hoping we would get to talk about Carolyn Mace. <laughs> um, <laughs> only if you want to, but you opened the door. <laughs> so, oh, I, you know, I, I, I love Carolyn. You know, she and I have worked together since 1984. And we've done many, many workshops in, all through Europe and here. In fact, we're doing one in November in Chicago. Um, Carolyn is the best that I've ever met, um, intuitive, medical intuitive. She can make a diagnosis from a thousand miles away, knowing only your name and age, with only 93% accuracy. There's not a physician in the world, except maybe one, Bob Lightman, who is that good. You know, I've experienced her many times, but... I was at Unity Village, I don't know, three or four years ago, and you know how she says, I'll tell you about that later, I'll tell you about that later, and then all of a sudden she's out of time because she channels, right. she teaches. So she was talking about um, the book that she wrote in conjunction with St. Teresa of Avalon, and uh, she was saying that she had started a different book, and then all of a sudden she's hearing you know, messages, you need to write this book, and you need to write it with St. Teresa, and she's like, what? What? So... She tells the whole story about how her um, agent says, "Well, that's lovely that you know you you know you got this you know direction from St. Teresa, but you tell St. Teresa you guys have exactly 90 days to finish that book <laughs> it's because she threw out everything she'd written. So at the end of the day, she's out of time, and she knew it. And she said, "Okay, just a moment." And all of a sudden, she gets very quiet, and the whole room's just sitting there. And all of a sudden, she became very blurry. Very, very blurry. And then she delivered in like 25 minutes what was a three-hour lecture. Mm-hmm. And I knew what she did. I was like, oh, she just time compressed and just went and did it. And later that night at dinner, I, you know, when I was with four or five people, I said, did anyone notice toward the end when she realized she was running out of time and she said, just a moment, I said, did anyone notice how blurry she became? And they're all like, yeah, but I thought it was just me that saw it. I thought there was something wrong with my eyes. I said, no, no, no. She tapped into a frequency that most of us are not even 
aware that exists, and she just time compressed right there. I, I know I don't even know how else to explain it, but I know you know what I'm talking about. Oh, of course. Well, you know, there's so many dimensions that we don't understand that we can't correlate at all with anything in the common, ordinary, I guess you call it logical mind. Yeah, it's way beyond. But all my stuff comes that way, too. You know, I mean, it's out of the blue. I mean, all of a sudden, I know. It's just there. It's downloadable. Right. So, Dr. Sheely, founding the American Holistic Medical Association in 1978, and here we are, 2013. Where do you feel right now at this wonderful time we're all living in on planet Earth where, you know, we have online anything. Information is there. It's right there. Where do you feel that the biggest shift is is occurring? I mean, you're the first one, you know, that was saying, wait a minute, wait a minute. We have to talk about their spiritual uh, health too. And, you know, for a long time, you know, we, we we're very funny in this country about we can't pray to God and, you know, the, like Pledge of Allegiance, yes, prayer in school, no. I mean, with doctors acknowledging that that part of the person needs to be addressed too, I mean, where do you see where we're going next with this, with medical Well, I'm, I'm so glad you know about Eben Alexander III, I'm sure. Oh, I've experienced him, yes. Yep. Yes, well, I, I don't know him. I knew his father. But um, I, I love the fact that that kind of thing is happening to people within the system. I mean, I literally gave up on the medical system in the 70s as as being able to change it from within. But I think it's the public and individuals who have these unusual experiences, like even Alexander, that will gradually begin to change things enough. But the problem, as I see it, is just as the political correctness has been such great nonsense in so many ways, that we, you know, are politically chastised and sometimes forbidden in schools and places to mention God, that'll have to change. And probably it'll come in a crisis. That's what changes uh, society and the world, unfortunately, most of the time, in some kind of crisis. Right. You know, after um, 9-11 happened, when they had the satellites from up above, they were analyzing everything that happened down on planet Earth. And, you know, Greg Braden talks a lot about this, how all over the world there was like this light, extra light, that came from people praying, you know, like everyone opening their hearts with compassion. And it changed the whole look of the world from up up in, you know, outside Earth. Yes. It is... um... It is possible, and, and, and things do happen in, in mass, if you will, uh, episodes that, that can suddenly change things tremendously. We haven't reached that yet, but I believe we will. And I believe we will sometime between now and probably the next four years, just categorically. There's a wonderful book, one of my favorites of the last century, The Fourth Turning, in which... Uh, the authors look at cycles, and these cycles, or seculum, as they call them, um, are somewhere averaging between 20 and 25 years, sort of an average generation, more or less. And there are four major cycles. And obviously, uh, back at the time the book was published in the 
believe early 90s, um, we were in the unraveling. And of course, the crisis, the crisis certainly began, if not in 2001, sometime around then. So sometime between 2017 and 2020 to 25, we will go into the next phase, which is called the awakening. And boy, I'm ready for the awakening, because that's sort of the, um, you know, one of the great periods in history. And we've had lots of them, but just most people haven't lived long enough to experience the same one twice as an adult. And what is the title of this book? The Fourth Turning by Hal and Strauss. On my list. It's well worth looking up. I, I go back and refer to it every once in a while just to look at the timing. You know, I once was um, given this little book called The Science of Happiness. And it was this little, thin, blue book. It was written early 1900s. And uh, one of the things that they did, in, that they, you know, they did this experiment with people studying, analyzing the breath you know, that comes out of people. So mm-hmm. they analyzed the breath of angry, just people, brown and black came out. Then they analyzed the breath of people who are happy and just, you know, the cells were singing, shall we say. And they, they, you know, they wrote about the true science of happiness shows in your breath. If you're happy, the air you're breathing in, breathing out, it's like this, this dance, shall we say. And you've done a lot of work studying stress and a lot of work with anti-aging. So I like to segue... happiness or lack thereof. (laughs) Yes. So I'd like to segue into that, whatever you would love to share with us. Well, that brings me to, in my opinion, the most important work that I've done in my life. Two years ago, I became interested in consciousness. Consciousness is the number one determinant for health, longevity, and even lifetime income. A wonderful study was published in April 2011 called the Longevity Project. They had followed 1,500 11-year-old kids starting in 1921. They'd followed them for 80 years and tested them over and over and over again. About 20% of that 1,500 were highly conscientious. They outlived all the others. More important than religion, more important than ethnic background, more important than exercise, more important than diet, was conscientiousness. And then, all of a sudden, I one right after I read the book, I thought, you know, I bet it has something to do with oxytocin. And of course, oxytocin has been known since I was in medical school, but back in those days, we knew it as primarily a hormone that was highly increased and released during delivery or labor and delivery. Well, we now know that every known psychological, emotional illness, not some, everything, ADHD, autism, depression, anxiety, obsessive compulsive disorder, inadequate personality, borderline personality, even schizophrenia, every one of them is associated with inadequate or very low oxytocin. 
And it all comes, I believe, because of something that happens in the seven years, first seven years and nine months of life. In other words, if the mother has a traumatic pregnancy, she doesn't produce oxytocin well throughout the pregnancy. If she's put to sleep, for whatever reason, she doesn't produce oxytocin, it's blocked. If she's induced with artificial oxytocin, which Pitocin has been around since I was in medical school, uh, she doesn't produce oxytocin. The baby doesn't get any. Even if all those things are missing and she had a normal, healthy pregnancy and delivery, if there's a major trauma in the first seven years of the child's life, it is likely to block the oxytocin mechanism. What's the most common major trauma in the life of children today? Divorce of parents. And, and I have hundreds and hundreds of patients who've told me that they have never been happy. Or that something happened when the parents got divorced, and they've never felt good since then. And so we now know that that is because of blocking of the oxytocin system. And the interesting about it is it's not dead, it's just dormant. And we, well, over the last decade, a lot of people have been doing research with each of these entities by themselves, not all at one time, but, you know, taking groups of these people with various problems and giving them intranasal sprays of oxytocin. And it works. It helps them. The problem is you have to give it four times a day, and it doesn't repair the body's ability to make its own. And it gets a little expensive, but more importantly, long-term, I think it would damage the nasal mucosa. So I came up with a tool for stimulating the body to begin making its own oxytocin. And we know now we could do that in at least 80% of people. I mean, there's nothing in the world that comes that close. And by just applying a drop, I'm talking about a tiny drop of a mixture of essential oils that I call Air Bliss to 13 specific acupuncture points. Now, once you learn the points, it takes 30 seconds, about, you know, about two seconds per point to rub it in. Within 20 minutes, it will begin to raise your oxytocin. It lasts all day. Wow. And I, in both anxious people and depressed people, there is a, a you know, like a, a line, about 70% slope going down in um, both anxiety and depression when they use this particular application. I'm very excited about it. This should be uh, taught to every parent of a middle age or high school kid. You bet. As a matter of fact, just <laughs> one week and a couple of days ago, um, I uh, gave it to a woman with a 15-year-old daughter who was adopted at age four from Russia. Lots of problems. And so I met the daughter, and she was sort of indifferent, you know, paid no attention practically to what I was saying. But I, her mother told me later that night, she couldn't stop talking about her new friend. <laughs> oh, sweet. And and now I've had two follow-ups, including one today, and the girl is much more better behaved. Well, and I'm on your website right now, listeners. This is Dr. Sheely's Air Bliss Roll-On, where it's very easy. You just have to dot the points, it sounds like, and it's $39.95. 
I mean, any, I mean, so many kids, I mean, I don't know, I have a 15-year-old that I um, had later in life, and I'm telling you, this new generation, mo- so many of them are on anti-anxieties, and I mean, parents are trying to help, they truly are, but there's a little bit of over-prescribing going on, I think. Oh, I, I not a little bit. I, I know, I'm that. being, I'm being <laughs> You're being very, very <laughs> kind, Yeah. <laughs> But, you know, I mean, that's what, you know, people trust their doctors. And I think that, you know, I mean, there's so many other ways. And that's why, you know, I am so glad to know about this. I will let everyone I know know about it. But can you imagine if kids learned, okay, I'm under stress. I need to hit my acupuncture points to get the energy flowing and calm it down so that I can function. I mean, Mm -hmm. so many are so stressed, you know, and they have their cell phones by their ears every minute of every day or on their hands. Yes. yes. I know. Well, there's just no question whatsoever that this kind of thing can make a huge difference. I have three friends who have adult uh, children with autism in their 20s, and all three of them have done very well with Air Bliss. Another interesting thing is, and I've only got a, a dozen direct feedbacks, actually in close to... 15 now, but my original study was 12, marked improvement in menopausal symptoms. Interesting. You know, I don't know where I... I don't know where I heard it. I, you know, I, actually, I think I do. But what I what I heard someone offer as a theory is that a lot of the Alzheimer's is uh, when they are studied... There's been a lack of hormones when they were young. Mm-hmm. I never heard that correlation. Oh, there's no question about it. it. It, you know, everything's related to everything, of course. And basically, what we really need is an oxytocin-active society. You know, it's called the moral hormone. No, I did not know that. Yeah, the whole book, the moral molecule. I'm writing down. I hope all of you are writing down, and if not, you can listen and rewrite it. But these are—you're giving us great wisdom. Okay, so the moral molecule. Yes, that's the title of the book by I think it's Dr. Zach Z A Z A K maybe. Um, But at any rate, it's it's the moral molecule, and well, people who don't have oxytocin don't have compassion. They don't understand that they're harming other people. Quite interesting. That's just, you know, and and, uh, it's the baby who triggers the oxytocin in the mother, yes, when it's ready to come? Well, it's it's a combination, of course, because uh, the nurturing itself, even, you know, a person who is normal, who has a a normal oxytocin system, just having a handshake with a friend will raise your oxytocin a little bit. Mm. A kiss. Petting an animal. Right. So an individual who is what I call oxytocin competent is doing a little bit of it off and on throughout life. But then a mother who's happy with being pregnant and wants a child is producing surges of it every time she thinks good thoughts. It's that simple. This is just fascinating. Fascinating. You know, I've seen Dr. Bruce Lipton's... um, when he shows the woman who's pregnant and someone yells, 
oh, yeah. very harshly, and the baby jumps in utero. And I've done a lot of study of neonatal psychology and how the thoughts of the mother definitely impact the child. I mean, there's just no way it's not the oh, consciousness of the mother and everything else. Yes. Fascinating. You know, the first time I read a book on babies remembering birth, like actually remembering, you know, I studied, um, uh, what was his name, Gabriel, who was the um, hypnotherapist, uh, along mm-hmm. with Michael, uh, Dr. Thomas Vernier, who studied the effect of the way a child is brought into the world. And, you know, he thought, you know, like babies don't know anything, yank them out, turn them upside down, smack them, et cetera. And then one day... This baby came out of this womb and looked him in the eyes. <laughs> and he thought, oh, my gosh, this this baby is, like, wide awake and is there's a consciousness with this baby. And that's when, you know, he was, Dr. Thomas Bernier was from France, France, but after that he did low lights, gentle voices, gently bringing the baby in. You know, but then this Dr. Michael Gabriel did all the hypnotherapy on people and took them back and realized that, Yes, these babies hear, see, know, feel everything while they're in Oh, home. yes. Well, you, do you know Mars Navitin or you know of him? No, but Mars? I'm writing this one down to Mars Navitin. Mars is, in my opinion, the world's best past-life therapist. Okay. I mean, he is fabulous. He just finished a, a two-week part two workshop here last, last Friday. And Mars always starts with the birth process itself. Because so many traumas happen at that time that start the process. Right. Well, I'm a rebirther. I don't know if you know. I mean, I trained in rebirthing, and then I, of course, after that, well, not of course, after that, I studied many other breathwork disciplines and, you know, integrated, you know, what worked and what didn't. And, I mean, it is amazing once you understand what the birth was like, the conception was the child planned or wanted was the birth womb service and everything happy and halcyonic and la, la, la? Or was it, you know, traumatic? Like, not was the child wanted, loved from the start? Or was it, oh, great, you know? And so critical. So critical. I know. And even the thoughts of, oh, I, I hope it's a boy, I hope it's a boy, I, oh, or whatever. And even, you know, they traced back sometimes with people with financial concerns, they've traced it back where the thought with the child in the womb with the parents, like, how in the world are we ever going to be afford this? This is the worst time. There's this this whole consciousness and these thoughts that decisions that are made, shall we say, well yeah. before the child's like you know out in the real world. It's fascinating. No isn't question it? about it. No question about it. I mean, I've been there many times when with Morris when he's uh, you know asked who said that <laughs> in the delivery process, <laughs> and and the person can remember. They heard the voice outside the womb. First time I realized is we were doing underwater breathing, and I don't know where I got the nerve, but I volunteered to be the first one with the, the nose clip and snorkel face down while the teacher was outside explaining, you know, how to instruct someone to go do this particular breathing. Every word that was said I heard rippling through that water amplified. And I thought, that's just like a baby in the womb. I mean, it's just fascinating. And... um Oh, my goodness, we could talk forever. I mean, there's just so many things that you you um, are brilliant with, and I I just really acknowledge you for being a forerunner and, you know, continuing to study. I mean, I, I do want to ask about this other organization 
that you were involved in. It wasn't, it's not the American Holistic Association. It was another one, and I thought, what Holistic is Holistic University Graduate Seminary. Or, or the International Society for the Study oh, of Subtle Energies yeah. and Energy oh, Medicine. Yeah, yeah. I was like, okay, we have to hear this, and we have to hear about the Holos University. <laughs> and we have to mention, I'm going to do it now because I can. I don't want to run out of time. We are fortunate in St. Louis um, to have Dr. Norman Sheely speaking on Sunday, September 29th from 1 to 4 p.m. at the Soul Esteem Center. You can find out information at www.soul dash or hyphen esteem.com there is no excuse for you to not be there because guess what it's based on a love offering you 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 know offer what you are able or what you hear inclined to give so i don't want to hear oh it's not in my budget because it's not not in your budget it's your energy we're talking about (laughs) so um and you will be speaking on your right and responsibility for health and happiness including the three top causes of premature death, the reasons behind the loss of health, problems which can be managed better without drugs, the role of self, health care, and much more. So he will be off, um, you'll be offering question and answer discussion, I think. Oh, absolutely. I, I, I always like to leave plenty of time for that. Okay. All right. And that, again, is on so, September 29th, which is a Sunday from 1 until 4 in the afternoon. The phone number for the Soul Esteem Center is 314-ASK-SOUL, A-S-K-SOUL. Okay. I wanted to make sure that was in there. And um, and I'm excited that you're coming. I'm leaving the next day, so I'm going to try and make it for part of it. I have um, I have something else that was already scheduled, but I will be there for part of it, I promise. And um, but I want to I want to go now to what what is this organization? The study for uh, so International, International Society. Society for the Study of Subtle Energy uh, and Energy Medicine, founded by Elma Green um, many years ago now, several decades, to study the subtle aspects that now have been are being called energy medicine. Of course, I've known Elmer since the early early seventies. It is a very important organization, and it uh, it brings in people to speak on topics that are not popular with uh, conventional medicine. Let's put it that way. It's a cutting edge. I mean, people like uh, Greg Braden, you know, these kinds of of um, people. I'll be speaking at one next year. The, the meeting next year will be at Unity Village. Um, Right, oh. not that far away. At the Awaken Whole Life Center, I bet. Uh, well, yes. And, of course, uh, you know, people from Missouri, of course, are blessed by having it so close. Oh, I love Unity Village. I mean, you just drive on to the property. and the oh, next. It, I mean, it's a what? very, very yeah. spiritual place. I would say it, it's as good as any place I've ever been, anywhere, and better than most. Wow. I mean, 1,400 acres and, you know, Charles and Myrtle Fillmore and all the consciousness that comes with the Unity teachings, you know, and now they've got the new, they have the new center opening the Awakened Whole Life Center. And um, I just think it's fabulous. That's a great location for this conference. Yes, it is a fabulous uh, location. And, um, well, I hope people will pay heed and, and, learn and get more information about it and, and join us there next June. I think it's uh, oh, somewhere around the 13th of June. Okay, so June of 2014, and we are working with the new, working with the new center and, of course, worked with um, Reverend Carla McClellan, 
you know, with all that she did with the spirit path. And, I mean, it's just, you know, you come there, the food is wonderful. They have, you know, you just walk the grounds and you just, oh, it's just fabulous. And the bookstore is wonderful. I mean, I remember, you know, back in the 70s one day driving from St. Louis to Unity Village for one day just experiencing the gardens and, you know, the beautiful atmosphere. And then turned around and came home after I spent a few hours there. I just, you know, I'd heard so much about it. Well, yeah, there's no question. It, it is one of the sacred places, and we're lucky to have it in Missouri. Well, the, that whole area outside of, you know, where the classrooms are, I was in Granada, Spain, um, over the summer at the Alhambra, and I was like, wait a minute, I've been to a place that looked just like this, and I didn't realize that that whole center part with the fountains and everything was based on and the archways, I should have known, but I, I had never been to that part of Spain, so how did I know? But it's like, it's magnificent. Right. Indeed it is. Okay, so you recently um, have uh, created a DVD. Let's talk about this, The Medical Renaissance, The Secret Code. Well, what I wanted to show is a wide variety of the energy medicine tools that I have used to help people with all kinds of problems. So we took three individuals that I had never worked with before who volunteered from an ad on the on the uh, on my I have a call in radio show by the way, two oh seven PM every Thursday afternoon, KWTO five sixty AM. People can listen in on the internet. It is available. I have calls all over the country. Isn't it, anyway, isn't it fabulous a way to broadcast where oh, it, I know. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Okay. And All right. at any rate, so these three people, two women and a man, volunteered, and um, we followed them through a two-week, 80 hours of therapy program, and then a follow-up three months later. And, of course, the interesting thing is both the women did better than the man, although he was 50% better, which is, you know, considering that he'd been depressed for 39 years, not bad. Uh, and I continued to follow him. Interestingly, a year later, I was doing another just weekend program here with an outside speaker, and I called Kevin to ask if he would like to come. He said, nope, Norm, I don't want to ever get near a, a sick person again. I'm doing too well. <laughs> oh, how funny. So uh, that's what the DVD shows. Well, and you uh, talked in the, about the fact that, you know, you had over 30,000 patients with chronic pain and depression, and your success rate of 85% is unequal in getting them better. That's, like, amazing. Well, it's um, better than anything known in medicine, or anything, <laughs> to be honest. I mean, we just don't have that kind of cure rate with drugs and rarely with surgery. Appendicitis would come closest, I suppose. So, Dr. Norm, we we have a little more time. I would like you to choose, you know, which way to go. Um, but I I still just feel like I would like to learn more about what you have discovered with the electrical conductivity in the in the body and how that helps and heals with wellness. Well, maybe we should talk about telomeres then, because that is one of my favorite topics. Okay. Our telomeres are the tips of the DNA. You know, we have these double helix strands. So each DNA molecule actually has four ends, two at each end. 
and they ordinarily shrink 1% every year of life starting at birth if you have good health habits. If you have bad health habits, they can shrink a heck of a lot faster. I got interested because the Ukrainian physicists learned that DNA resonates, which means to me it vibrates in itself, uh, at 54 to 78 billion cycles per second. And we don't lose frequency as we, you know, get ill and older or whatever, but we do lose strength. It's like a battery getting weaker. And so I spent uh, 12 days over there back in 1993, and when I came home, I began to get interested in using those frequencies to help heal the body. And so I discovered, with the help of my guides and downloads, Five circuits in the body, which, when stimulated with these frequencies at a billionth of a watt, I mean, that's a thousand times below any concern about this kind of frequency. One billionth of a watt applied to these specific acupuncture points could raise dehydroepiandrosterone, the most important hormone in the body, could raise neurotensin originally, which is a, a wonderful. Uh, neuroleptic that we produce, but also now oxytocin, could normalize aldosterone, which is responsible for water and potassium balance, could raise calcitonin, which is the strongest pain reliever the body produces, 46 times as powerful as morphine, but also critical keeping your bones strong, and of course, finally, reduce free radicals. Free radicals are like um, ozone running around in your body, rusting it, essentially. And I can reduce free radicals with one of these circuits 80%. 80%. That is fabulous. So I got interested in how can we use this to perhaps keep our telomeres from shrinking and help them regrow. And I have been applying those for now seven years uh, as of August, uh, to me and a few people, and, and gradually got 30-some-odd people who've been at it for three to four years, and we're getting an average growth of 4% a year instead of shrinking 1%. My telomeres now are 26% longer than expected at this point compared to when I started. So that's the benefit of these applications. Now... It does take time and exposure to these frequencies. Well, now that I've produced these three oils that stimulate the same circuits as well, in April I converted to applying the oils to these rings instead of using the electrical stimulation. And by by April of next year, I'll know whether I can do the same things. I've got six or eight other people who are also doing that now. Because if we could do that, it means that in a minute and a half a day, by applying the oils, you can actually stimulate these points that used to require 20 minutes, well, an hour to do all three of them. Mm-hmm. And so that's where we are. You know, it's it's in my mind, I'm thinking of Edgar Casey with the wet cell batteries, you know, way, way ahead of most people understanding that, you know, we have these this electrical system in the body, you know. And, you know, I, I don't know. I remember uh, running into a lady who had calibrated the sound frequencies to the seven chakras in the body and 
I mean, I, I just walked into this lecture. I'd had this dream while I was in a conference in Dallas, um, vibrational sound therapy, and I thought, what the heck is that? And the next thing you know, I walk into a bookstore, and of course, are you staying for the lecture tonight? I said, what lecture? Oh, there's this lady from Canada talking on vibrational sound healing. I'm like, okay, I remember that in my dream. Okay, here I am. And it was fascinating. She had a, a calcium deficiency, and... You know, she was taking calcium, 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 and one day someone did kinesiology, muscle tested her to see if indeed she did have a deficiency, which she did, and then the question muscle tested, are you absorbing any of the calcium that you're taking? And the answer was no. So her bones were just riddled more and more. And later she developed this whole thing using sound frequency that calibrated to calcium on the periodical element chart, and she cured herself of this calcium deficiency by using the frequency of calcium to heal herself. So there's so many things that we are discovering and essential oils were put on the planet from, you know, they're they're here. They're they're the essence of botanicals and everything else. I mean, you look at digitalis, it's from a plant. So much so much of our medicine is right here in a healthy normal way. Well, I believe I believe <laughs> that we should be treating about 85% of problems with non-drug, non-surgical approaches. Now, 15% of the time, mostly in acute, urgent situations, we need drugs and surgery. But in chronic problems especially, these other alternatives are far, far safer and infinitely more successful. And, of course, I'll be talking about that on Sunday, too. So, listeners, this is the well-known, and if you don't know him, you need to know him, Dr. Norman Sheely. So much information on this. Remember that this interview is archived the minute it's finished. That's the beautiful part of Blog Talk Radio Listening. All you have to do is go to the spiritseeker.com site. You click on the icon for the radio on the left, upper left-hand corner, until our new site is put up. I'm not sure where it is on the new site, but for now, you can go up there, you click on it, it takes you to all of these wonderful interviews that have been done. There are over 300 archived. To find out more about Dr. Norm Sheely, you can go to his website, www.normshealy.com. He's visiting St. Louis on September 29th from 1 to 4 at the Soul Esteem Center. Dr. Norm Sheely, I thank you from my heart to yours. And to yours from me, Cindy, and I look forward to seeing you on Sunday. Okay, sounds wonderful. Thank you so much. That is this Sunday. Oh, my. Okay, I'll see you soon. Have a great week. Thank you. Okay, listeners, we um, are having a two-part show tonight. We're going to have a momentary pause where you will hear the introductory music. Um, Come on, and then my second guest of tonight's show will be with us. So stay tuned. We'll be back in just a moment. Into the blistering sun, made to walk. 
Welcome to the Spirit Seeker Hour. Spirit Seeker Hour is your chance to delve into the world of your inner spirit. The Spirit Seeker Hour is brought to you by Spirit Seeker Magazine. Go to www.spiritseeker.com to find out more. And now, here's Cindy Meyer. And I would, uh, I attended these fairs and I was so fascinated 
by everyone that I met there and everything that was going on, all the lectures and the healers and, and other psychics like myself, I was like, this is a community that I could really become involved in. And so in 2001, I began volunteering my time at their uh, at their fairs to uh, read for clients, anyone that came to the fair. And we are the largest fair in the Midwest. And this this October will be our 43rd. The fair is actually older than I am. Wow. <laughs> I'm going to be 40 in one week, and, and it's older than I am. Uh, and that fascinates me, actually, to think of all those that have come before me and how they set this up. It is a... It is a wonderful experience. We have anywhere from, get any on any given time, anywhere from 24, 25 to 40 readers. Uh, we have healers. We have vendors. We have lectures on so many different topics. It is a wonderful weekend. It's an absolutely wonderful weekend. I just had no idea that the Psychic Research Society of Kansas City was 40 years old. It is. <laughs> it is. I mean, that's like astonishing. I mean, that. I mean, I know, I know. you know. I mean, but that's just amazing. So, um, and that's I know what's that. Amazing to me is my daughters, uh, who are getting ready to graduate high school soon, have grown up in the Psychical Research Society, and my oldest daughter will be reading for them this fair for the first time. Oh, how good is so that? It's, it's Family event now. <laughs> oh my gosh! I mean, but they've grown up in the in the Psychical Research Society, volunteering their time as assistants, helping to run the fair, and you know we grow our own, I guess. <laughs> I think that's fabulous, though. I mean, that's just—I mean, they—they they, you mentored them in your own way, and to grow up in that community that had to be so expanding. It's like it's like the salons in Europe. <laughs> yes, <laughs> very much so. <laughs> Oh my gosh! And if you don't know what we're talking about, they have psychic salons, and and, yes. and England is where I think most of them started. Um, yes. I might be wrong, but but you know it's an older older society, and you know people would grow up with seances in their homes, and, <laughs> and the yes. people that were the spiritualists coming and practicing and you know honing their skills, so to speak. That's that's my home. <laughs> that's my home right there. We get the spirit board out, and you know. We have drum circles just as a family in the living room. <laughs> wow, that's we great. We have a great deal of fun. And, and I'm hoping that, and I think it has, I think it's fostered a spirit of freedom in both of my children and a, and a sense of independence of thought. So, listeners, the Psychic um, Fair put on by PRS is uh, the weekend of October 18th, 19th, and 20th. And in our October issue, uh, which will be online um, October 1st coming up, we'll, you'll find a wonderful article uh, written by Roberta Husted about about the Psychic uh, Research Society and all of the different you know information about that. So, um, so that is going to be in our October issue. So, Nikki, what um, since you've been involved for a long time, what would you say the difference is, like, from when, you know, the society was first formed and then how it is today? Well, I wasn't around when it was first formed because I, I wasn't I know, born you're yet. too little. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But over the years that I've been involved, and that would be about the past 12 years, I think that um, we've grown a lot. We've reached out to a larger number, a larger community. Uh, we're trying to offer free advertising space or, you know, uh, places for people to advertise their not-for-profit organizations uh, at our fair. Uh, We want the psychic community in in and of itself to become more integrated. 
to become to foster a sense of unity, I suppose. There are a large number of fairs and organizations in the Midwest. It's, it's, I think there's actually probably more in the Midwest than there are on the coast. Uh, they're not necessarily quite as large as some of the coastal organizations, but there are so many of us that have similar interests and have similar gifts, and I think it's wonderful that we're now trying to foster more of this sense of community, mm-hmm. of a spiritual community. And this is something we're really, uh, as, as the board members, we've been trying to, we're really trying to implement this year especially, to reach well, across and, the aisle. And what I what I understand is that, and I don't know if it's still the same, but for many, many, many years, um, I find this fabulous. The readers would read at this event and donate all monies collected to the research society as a thank you for getting them launched, for teaching them and training them, and you know letting them letting them have this way to interact with the public. It is similar to that. It, actually, what would happen is that we would volunteer. We were all volunteers. Um, we recently started having both volunteers and cash readers mm-hmm. uh, for those who wish to to be able to use it to to make some more money. But actually, in the beginning, we were we were all volunteers. And uh, we would, and I, I know that I was one of them, would volunteer an entire weekend full of time because this is a wonderful organization and it has fostered so much knowledge and so much uh, interest. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a wonderful cause. Yeah. I, I, I just think that any time you can have, you know, the, the consciousness of that many people coming together to support a cause, to support an organization, it tells you something about the, the organization. It's, it's, you know, it's integrity and, you know, making sure it stays around. And we as an organization also try to honor those volunteers. Every year at Christmas time, we have a banquet in the, in the, during the Yule season to honor all of the volunteers that have given so much of their time, not just the readers, but the workers as well, because the whole fair is run by volunteers. Oh, and to think that this has been happening for 43 years now, yeah. and it just keeps growing, is a testament to how strong that organization is, just yeah. like you were saying. You know, I, I Spirit Seeker Magazine hosted 27 holistic conferences in 15 years, and wow. um, we we would have 8 to 10 readers, and then, you know, the rest would all be, um, for the most part, holistic vendors and I'll tell you what the last one that I did which I knew was going to be my last one for a while I did it publicly publicly announce it because when you do those fairs you're so tired by the time they happen but then you're so energized by all the love you know yeah. but I, I but I also knew that I was hearing you need to take a little time off but but I'll tell you what I had a volunteer director and there were over 40 volunteers for one day to wow. make it all happen because, you know, people don't realize that all those speakers in the rooms, you know, you have to make sure all of their needs are met and, you know, do they have the whiteboard? Do they have the projector? Do they have, you know, and are they staying on time? And, you know, the volunteers remind them five minutes so that the next lecture can start on time. And, you know, there's so many things, getting the vendors checked in, getting everyone settled. It all looks really easy until you're like, you know, behind the scenes, shall we say. Exactly, exactly. And, uh, and my whole family's been working behind the scenes with, uh, at PRS Psychic Fairs since I've been working the fairs myself. I have this wonderful support network, and we all do. And those volunteers that just run, oh, they work so hard. Right. They, you know, I can't believe how much they work. And we, you know, you know how much at work it is. You know, oh, yes. And, and I love that you talked about how you get this energy off of all of the love. 
I call it the psychic fair high. <laughs> yes, it is. It is. And then, you know, yeah, I mean, and people would say, why does it feel so good in here? You're like, oh, even before you came, all four corners were blessed. This whole room was cleared, which, by the way, I want to, like, you know, segue into sound healing because, you know, I use sound healing in my feng shui work and my space clearings. I'm trained in four different kinds of sound healing and, yeah. you know, tuning forks, um, crystal bowls, everything. So when I read that you have these gifts and that you use this in your work, I thought, oh, we have to talk about sound healing. Oh, definitely, yes. Oh, I am, I, it's something that I'm actually fairly new to. Uh, I had my first experience with sound healing in 2006, and it was as a client. And uh, it was with that singing bowl, special singing bowl. And the level of vibration, raising that energy to the amazing enlightenment, it, it was phenomenal for me. And I've been a musician my entire life. I come from a family of musicians and a uh, singer-songwriter. And I said, I have to, this, this, it just clicks for me. Spirit said, okay, Nikki, here is something that you can combine all of your gifts into one. <laughs> Let's do this. And I said, okay. And I'm, and I'm also a Reiki master, so it came in handy with that as well. <laughs> wow. You know, it's funny, or not funny, but interesting. I, um was first introduced to holographic sound healing with the crystal bowls and toning and all that. And it was in 2007, and I was I was undergoing, um, well, I finished the treatments, but I was totally bald from the breast cancer experience. And um, But I remember that I met the sound healing teacher, who was my teacher and taught me the holographic uh, sound healing and how to use the crystal bowl and how to do the toning. And, you know, one of the CDs that he played was the Gandharva meditation, which I had heard about before where, you know, um, Tom Kenyon calls in all the deities, you know, to come in, you know, the angelic realm with, you know, and all the ascended masters and everything. And he had taken all, Tom. he had been one of Tom Kenyon's um, angels in the background, shall we say. And so he created with Tom Kenyon's, I, um, I, I, I'm assuming he has permission, the CD that used all of that with the singing bowls, which gave a whole new dimension to it. And that's actually how I went to Egypt is I met this person and he said, I take a group of healers to Egypt. Most of them are sound healers. And in 2008, I went to Egypt and was the featured psychic on the trip. So I was I like, I know, it was like fabulous. And in oh, Egypt, isn't it? And then in one of the temples there, and I'll, I'll get back to you, Nikki, in just a moment, but the sound okay. is like so fascinating. We were in the temple of Dandara, and our time to go was at midnight. So we get there, and this other group is coming out because we had access to, like, some of the pyramids and some of the things. We'd have, like, be traveling at 3 and 4 in the morning to be there at 5 or 6 in the morning and finished by 8 when the public came in, right? Okay, so I'm thinking, surely we're the last group getting here at midnight until 1. And we we were in these chambers, and we did tuning forks. That was the first time I'd ever been exposed to tuning forks. I'd heard of them, but I never experienced them. And in complete silence, we are, like, using these tuning forks, eye-gazing into another person and getting this frequency. And then there was this chamber where you could chant or tone and it just rippled i mean they knew about sound healing like way back like it's being rediscovered yeah Yeah. and i I honestly think that about all of this quote new age it's not new at all this is all old knowledge this is ancient (laughs) knowledge it's it's new to us (laughs) but exactly all rediscovery and it is uh, the more you immerse yourself in it in the sound healing in in crystals and uh, meditation, it, the more you raise your vibration and you 
climb that ladder to enlightenment. Mm-hmm. Right. I remember being at Unity Village when Jonathan and Andy Goldman came, and that's where I learned even more how to use those tuning forks. And, you know, you look at the two of them, and you can just tell someone who's a sound healer, they vibrate at a whole different frequency. <laughs> yes, yes, they do. Yes, <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, Nikki, what else would you like to share with us? Because I know that you, you know, you just have so many gifts and um I mean, just just share a few interesting stories with us so we can really like get to know you a little better. My most interesting stories can come uh connected to my medical intuition. Oh, which good. is something that and I also I see auras and and can manipulate auras as and I use a lot of that in my healing work. But the medical intuition is sometimes rather disturbing. I don't know if you've had a lot of experience with medical intuition. Actually, uh, I have. I started off as a nurse, and then um, I'm actually becoming certified in that right now. It's funny because oh, I'm, I feel like I'm already doing it, but yet I, I don't know. You know how it is. You want to have the full full thing behind you. But, yeah. but yes, I've read Aura since I was very young and studied everything by Edgar Casey and you know, was was in my twenties when I started going to lectures with swamis and this this my friend was in her eighties and she taught me everything she knew about Edgar Casey. I absolutely love Edgar Casey. I visited the Edgar Casey Center in Virginia Beach. I what have too. The A R E. I love it. Isn't I drove myself there in the eighties. <laughs> oh, the meditation garden. I don't know if that was there yet. I was there in two thousand four. Uh and the meditation area with the bamboo, oh, my gosh. It, it's a silent, beautiful, elegant place. And you can you can hear the voices almost audibly of the bamboo and the, of, of Earth, of Mother Earth wow. in that place. It is that so was not amazing. there. Yeah, oh, I mean, that is, wasn't there, beautiful. but the hospital... Yeah, did you see? Did you see the hospital where they used to, like, have all their, their um, people come for treatments? Yes, I did. Yeah, So, so with with the Edgar Casey, just for for um, if you were like, what are you talking about, Edgar Casey? Um, and Nikki, you jump in. Edgar Casey was this. They called him the Sleeping Prophet. He was a photographer um, by day and normal person, but then people would come, and he would be able to go into a trance like state, trance like state, and give complete medical diagnoses. Yes. Complete diagnosis and, and recommendations for treatments, and they sent yeah. a lot of his treatments there. Yeah, and then he'd come out of it and would not remember anything he said because it was when he was in a trance-like uh, state. Yeah, but, he was but yeah. He was yeah, and remember, years ago, you you know, if you were a member of ARE, which is the Area for Research and Enlightenment, you could send away um, for these records. So when I had scleroderma way back when. Um, uh, you know, I'm like, oh, I think I better learn about this. This isn't the best thing to manifest. <laughs> so I <laughs> sent away for the case files. I remember they'd send you these complete, like, amazing, amazing, complete channeled readings um, telling you. But now it's all computerized. Yes, and and also they have this fabulous library uh, at the Edgar Casey Center that has everything, everything that he, every, they documented all of it, everything <sighs> he ever said in any of his translate state and you can go into the library and just look through be right there at these first hand accounts. Oh, it's amazing. I, it still blows me away just just remembering going there and just Oh I know. Yeah. Awesome. So I'm Nikki as a healer and as a psychic. 
that's a level that I, I strive for. Yeah. So tell our listeners that are like, what are they talking about? What is medical <laughs> intuition? Let's, let's let, You're on, Nikki. Tell us what medical intu- okay. intuition is and how it works. Medical intuition works a little differently for each each person. For me, it is the ability to literally see what it is, the area that, that there's something wrong, something going off, something the energy is blocked and where it is, the organs that it's affecting, and what's happening. And, and I'm not a doctor, so I, I'm not, I do not diagnose because you don't want to get into that area, you know. <laughs> but no. I will say, look, this is what this looks like. I've seen other people with the, these conditions, and this, is, this looks the same to me. You need to see a doctor or you need to see a cardiologist. So I, I've had a lot of people come to me with heart problems. And a gentleman uh, that was uh, on my table, I was asking him, Reiki, I said, you know, you really need to get a cardiologist right away. There's an energy blockage in the coronary arteries, and uh, I am very concerned about it. You need to get yourself to a cardiologist, and he did. He, he listened to me, and some people don't, but <laughs> he listened to me, and he did, and he came back a week later. He said, I wouldn't be alive right now if you hadn't told me that. They said I had an artery that was 99% blocked. It was a major artery. They were able to go in and balloon the artery and put the stents in, which is so much less invasive than, uh, than uh, bypass surgery. Uh, and he said that, that, that saved my life. Wow. On the opposite side of the coin, I saw the same thing with another person who sat down at my table, and I said, you need to get to, she sat down with her best friend, you need to get to a cardiologist. I saw her best friend about two months later at a restaurant. Just happened to see her. She said she didn't take their advice and we lost her. And it hurts so bad to hear that. And it's very hard to disconnect yourself from that because the the only thing that I can do is say, please, go take care of yourself. Mm. And at first I I felt a a great sense of heavy weight of, I wouldn't say guilt, but, you know, it's almost like a survivor's guilt. (laughs) You know? You can't, you just, uh, right. yeah. You, can't, you can lead a horse to water, right? but you can't take a drink. And perhaps it was simply her time, but I, uh, those those situations do happen. And right. it, it hurts your heart when those things happen, because you really want people to listen and take you seriously. And, and this is someone, this is while I was volunteering at a PRS fair. So this is not something that I, I was doing for money at the time. And right. I still you know most of the time don't do it for money now. <laughs> yeah. It was it was just something that I saw and I said, you've got to get this taken care of. And there have been other instances, but those are the two that stick out in my mind. When I can see that the energy isn't flowing properly or there's a hole in the aura or a dark area, and sometimes it's almost the shape of the organ that's affecting. And you can simply see that. And, it's, and you can almost feel it. Sometimes it affects me as well on a physical level. I can feel other people's pain, and I'll be like, <laughs> I, was, I was at the fair uh, two years ago. Uh, somebody had a migraine, and I'm like, you know what? If you're going to have a migraine, please don't project it over here because I'm getting it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, and that's what an empath is, listeners, is you um, you feel and just know things. I mean, but more, it's more with the feeling. Um, I do want to mention that some of you I know are wanting readings, and if you just press one 
and star, or just push one on your phone, and that will alert uh, my producer that you have a question, and then uh, we'll be doing readings in just a little bit. And so if you would like a reading, just push one, um, and then uh, my producer will um, bring you into the side room, and then we'll bring you on as we go along. If you're in the chat room, then you just have to email your question in, and my producer will read the question online. But um, I have cards, I have crystals, I'm <laughs> We are ready to go. So, you know, it's it's just interesting how you're talking about, you know, the empathic part and yeah. uh, knowing things. And, you know, as a child, my mom would say, why do these people come to you? It's like you're Ann Landers or something. But that's often the thought, you know, because people would ask me for advice. And, that's you know, when true. I teach psychic intuitive development, I teach that oftentimes they're the ones that get the questions from people that are much older than them, and it's because it's a vibrational thing and they just sense that you're a wise person in a little person's body. That is very true. And uh, that happens to me a lot. happens a lot more with my oldest daughter. She is an indigo child. <laughs> So she yes. is one of the oldest souls you will ever come across in your life. And she was born already knowing everything. <laughs> That's interesting. So, so, yeah. so listeners, if you don't know what the indigo kids are, we have. <laughs> Do you want to explain it? Why don't you explain it, Nikki? on so many things. It's, it's, a, it's a difficult thing to describe, but essentially they are the ascended masters who choose to return to help lead us into a new sense of light and love and lead us as human beings and to where we're supposed to be because we haven't been doing it right. <laughs> well, and, you know, I, I had the privilege uh, of studying with Nancy Tappy when she was still on the earth plane, and she um, she would take photos of people and tell you what if they're in a blue life, a green life, a pink life, um, and then it came to purple, you know, the different bands throughout time of, of, of yeah. you know, where I'm, you felt. <laughs> so I, I so so was I, and then what happened? Supposedly, is in one of my lifetimes, I did not use my gifts totally for the good, and then I was sent back, and I said, okay, if I have to go back, I want to do two in one time. So I did a blue green to get back to purple. <laughs> yes. And then what happened after purple is we went to New Age Violet, and then after New Age Violet, we went to the Indigo Kids. And the Indigo Kids, there were six different kinds. This is, you know, where they were coming in um, totally different, like, well, who said we have to do it that way? Oftentimes they were scientifically created in, you know, with, with technology and in vitro fertilization and all the technology that came with it. These are the computer kids. These are the scientific kids. These are kids that don't follow the rules. <laughs> that are yes. what? You, you cannot, they're very brainy. But yeah. you, cannot, you can't get, they don't conform. Right, they, do they don't. And they're like, who made these rules? <laughs> like, I, this is a stupid rule, so therefore I'm not going to do it. This is pretty much exactly how they are. Yeah. But in general, what I've discovered is if you listen to them, they tell you what they need. They tell right. you what it is you need. <laughs> and it makes their life a lot easier. Yeah. It makes your life a lot easier, too. <laughs> well, it's really about communication, you know. Really I mean, is. totally, telepathic or otherwise. And, you know, now we're into the crystal kids, so we're past the indigo. Yeah, talk my about the crystals. Yeah, I will tell you a lot about crystals. A lot of them are being diagnosed with different forms of autism spectrum disorder, and my youngest daughter is one of those. Uh, and they, they are the future. They are right-brained children stuck in a very left-brained society. They're extremely creative. They're extremely loving. Oftentimes, this world is very 
harsh on them, and they have a tendency to withdraw or to live in their own little fantasy world because they can't deal with so much harshness from the society. And the indigos, part of the reason the indigos are here are to help these crystal children and to bridge that gap. To bridge that gap. So you have the oldest souls helping the very, very new, I've never been here before. <laughs> this is all wonder. And, and if you notice crystal children, I don't know if you know any crystal children, but they have a tendency to have really big eyes. And I firmly believe this is so they can try and take in everything. It's so full of wonder and in awe of everything around them. This is an entirely new experience. So they also don't follow the rules. <laughs> no, 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 I understand. I mean, because they, they're more, um, their vibration's a little bit higher, and they're like, well, wait a minute. And, and also, they've been born into the Renaissance uh, time of technology. I mean, when you look at the fact that computers weren't, even in homes until uh, emails, 1994. You know, I mean, these kids kind of came in with a wave of technology. I can remember my daughter, who's 25, asking her older brothers one time, um, "Did you, did you, um, did you watch videos when you were a kid too?" And they just looked at her like, "No, there weren't VCRs then." I mean, you know, and like, I mean, and look at where we are today. Oh my gosh, you know, oh, but it changed that rapidly in 25 years. It's like she would come uh-huh. home, pop her little, you know, Barney or Robin Hood movie in when she came home from school, or even when she was a kid before she went to school. But they—that's how they grew up. So, oh my goodness. Well, Nikki, we have um, a couple people who would like reading. So wonderful. Okay, so let's. Um, our first uh, caller is Mary from Washington, Missouri. So, Mary, are you Hi, there? Mary. Yes, I am. Thank you so much. This, I, I, Cindy, I love your show, and this is the first time I've actually got, gotten uh, to to, uh, to to ask a question. So, oh, uh, gosh. Well, I am happy oh, for you. <laughs> yes. Thank you. I'm glad to be the one that gets to give you a reading. Yes. Hey. Well, uh, Nikki, and, and I guess um, uh, my question would be is that I'm on the verge of launching a big project, and we're, I'm doing it with a wonderful team of people, and uh, uh, but we're we're going solo on a lot of things, and and just wonder if there's anything that that we're not seeing or we're not using, or um, how how things might look uh, uh, as you see them. Thing, my first thing to tell you is the first card I drew for you is the Ten of Pentacles. Oh my gosh! Wow, this is an amazing card. This card represents. As far as materialistically, anyway, everything you could possibly imagine and want coming to fruition. This this is manifesting your dreams into reality. You have an amazing (laughs) group of people with you. You have an amazing sense of camaraderie that is not going to change. What it is that you need to harness and make sure you harness above all else is a sense of core values. You all need to make sure you're coming at this from the same place. But I think that you are, really. But you do need to sit down and really, really talk about it. Mm-hmm. Really talk about it. Everything I've got here is coming up, eight of pentacles, ten of pentacles, and, ooh, the lovers. <laughs> so some interesting interesting bonds and relationships that are going to be happening between all of you, but it's also going to be so incredibly fruitful. And I think not just on a material level, but also on a spiritual level, because anytime you have a group of people with that kind of connection that you all have, it's almost mm-hmm. like you've all known each other in other lifetimes. You are so uh, familiar with each other. Uh, that This is like a, it, like the lovers, it's like a match made in heaven. 
Wow. I mean, you've got to go with your instincts, and I think your instincts are good right now. And oh. I, think, I think your tendency to worry, so you do, <laughs> it's, it's mm-hmm. just that. It's just a light tendency. Put it in the back of your mind and let spirit lead because this is going to be the ride of a lifetime, and it's all a plus. Oh, my gosh. Well, that, that's absolutely awesome. I <laughs> I can't thank you enough. That's such a beautiful affirmation and and uh uh so yes that that's that's wonderful and it and it's all uh, about a lifetime experience and something I have just felt uh uh driven to have to do it would never leave me alone and I actually uh you know took a break from teaching to say you know what I just have to do this and uh, so I I thank you so much uh, um I I I see it it's a, a book that we're completing and I've got several children's books in mind and and things like that about uh uh, special needs children who uh, know what they need, and the world doesn't quite see it the same way they do, and and that. So, um, well, but, I have a child like that, and I, you're my hero. <laughs> oh, right. I, I will be sure to send you a copy of the first kids book that that we've already uh, um, illustrated a bit. Just to, uh, we're we're publishing ourselves and just doing uh, on-demand publishing, and and just sort of for for forewent uh, the procedure of trying to find a traditional publisher uh, only because it was taking time and time away from all the other work that we had to do. So um, Understandable, understandable. Do it the way you need to do it, and it's working. It's going to work out beautifully. Oh. Really- you know, Thank- um, Mary, this is Cindy, and I'm just going to tag in if I may. Um, it's really interesting. You know how Nikki was talking about indigos right before we started taking the calls? And the card that I pulled for you is the indigo card, and it says you um, you may have a complete mission with your spiritual gifts, etc. Working with indigos that are um, misunderstood or misdiagnosed with labels such as ADHD um, because of the lightning fast thinking style and intuitive sensitivities. So this book is going to help indigos maintain a higher self-esteem, um, understanding that they're just a little different and that is okay. Oh, well, thank you so much for that, Cindy. I tell you what, in fact, my experience has been with, with uh, uh, physical needs and things like that, but you, you've just opened a whole other, you know, uh, uh, fountain of ideas in, in my mind in terms of uh, uh, other, you know, sorts of possibilities. So um, I look forward to seeing you at one of your next uh, health fairs. Uh, so, yes, as we have been in the past. But thank you okay. so much, Nikki. Oh, you're and, welcome. And to- thank you. Okay, Mary, All right. thank you. Uh-huh. Okay, I forgot to say something here. Uh, I do have, for those who will be in the Kansas City area, I do have free tickets. Oh, great. Okay. So how if should I, they reach you for those tickets? The best thing to do, I think, would be to actually you could, uh, let's see, I can give you my email address, and that would be the best way to reach me. I don't have very many, so it's a first comes first serve kind of basis. Okay. So let me... If if uh, I can, I'll just say yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Right now, address. go ahead and give your email okay. address, and then you can contact Nikki for free tickets for the October PRS Fair. It is Reiki Nikki Williams. That's all one word. R-E-I-K-I-N-I-K-K-I-W-I-L-L-I-A-M-S at yahoo.com. 
Okay, and this is the PRS Psychic Fair on October 18th, 19th, and 20th, and it is in the um, it's in Kansas City, Missouri. And you can look at their website at prskc.org. I'll repeat that: prs <clears throat> excuse me prskc.org. So, and Nikki Williams uh, is one of their their speakers, lectures, and uh, will be doing readings at that fair. Yeah, I will definitely be reading, and I usually see a little over 100 people in a weekend. So. That's amazing. I'd love to see as many many of your listeners as possible. Okay. Okay. Um, so now we're going to go to Connie from Independence, Missouri. Connie, are you there? Yes, I am. Okay. Hi, Hi Nikki. Um, <laughs> so how may we help you this evening? Well, I was just wanting a general reading. If you could possibly focus a little on a, a personal life relationship, Um kind of on that and maybe work or uh, well we we do ask that you kind of stick, like i mean as much as we would love to give you an hour reading okay so of the really long yeah so of those three rather, areas which would you like yeah. to focus on well personal life and relationships kind of go together relationship wise okay okay, what what you you here? okay. sorry what I'm sorry, when's your date of birth? Um, April 5th, 1966. Oh, yes, gotta love Aries people. Yes. <laughs> okay, actually, I'm seeing, I'm seeing a little bit of turmoil in the present, but resolving itself very soon, and I see it's centered around one particular man, looks male to me anyway, uh, but I also see another male coming into your life very soon. But the resolve, you have to be patient. <laughs> that is not easy to tell in Aries. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. Yeah. And and I know you're frustrated. There's so much fire, so many fire cards going on here. Uh, and, and you as a very fiery person with that fire sign in your, in your sun sign understand exactly what I mean about the fire and the frustration can be. Fire can mean passion. It can be fabulous. But fire can also mean anger, and it can also mean frustration, and it can also Mm -hmm. mean not being being able to be content. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I think you have to be patient. Your key right here is you've got to give this some time, Okay. Take a deep breath. Get your head away from the situation and away from the stand and breathe because you're not breathing. I mean, you're breathing because you're alive, but you know what I mean. You're not taking the deep breath. You are not letting yourself rest and relax and breathe and see clearly. You're not being objective. Yeah. I'm not. And it's very hard. Yeah. And Connie, the image that I'm seeing is envisioning a vacuum cleaner, literally vacuuming, Inside your brain, outside your brain. I'm just seeing a vacuum cleaner clearing away all fears. Like, and, and you know how sometimes when you walk into a place and you walk out, and you're like, ugh, I just got slimed. You know, like it's an energetic thing. So whenever you feel like you've been around negativity or anger or just something that's just not making your cells sing, I just see you using an external image of a vacuum cleaner going, sucking it all up. Because, that's right, that's right. I mean, I, I don't think I've seen this very, I know I haven't seen this very often, but, but you know, Aries are born leaders. You're the oldest sign in the Zodiac. You've been around the block a few times, and 
truly, the more you can stay centered, what Nikki was talking about with that fire, fire, wanting to get it done now, let's go. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like I just see you calming it down, saying, Mm-mm, I'm going to vacuum it all away, and I'm going to take a float in my mind on a raft down the river, and I'm just going to relax knowing I'm divinely floating. Yes, so. another card that I pulled for you, and it's <laughs> the, card, the other card I pulled is the fool, and that doesn't mean you're a fool. Actually, it represents the sign of Aries when you're dealing with tarot. Um, and it means you are not supposed to look back. Constantly look forward. Don't let yourself be caught up in your trust issues in the past because you have them. You know they're there. Yes. <laughs> and don't yeah. let yourself get caught up in that. The past is past. You can't do anything about it. It's done. The only thing you okay. can do, and tomorrow may never get here, so just focus on the now and what's directly in front of you, and you will be okay, and be patient with it. And be patient with yourself. Okay. Just good advice. Okay. Well, thank you for calling in tonight. Right. And um, okay. have a beautiful evening. Well, okay. I'll see you in uh, Kansas City, Nikki. That's a fair. <laughs> so, All right. Thank you very much. Great. Okay. okay. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Okay. So the next person that we're going to go to is Misty from Independence, Missouri. Hi, Hello. Hi, Misty. Thank you for um, calling, and how may uh, we help this evening? I am kind of having some um, motivational problems at work, and so I just kind of don't really know what's going on. Are you you talking about you being motivated or motivating other people? Me. I'm having a really hard time being focused and... um, being motivated to actually have any initiative or anything. All right. Let's see what's going on here for you. Just kind of here. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I'm pulling cards like Temptation and the Wise One and the Eight of Cauldrons, and I really think your heart isn't in it. Your heart's not there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that you're not going to find your motivation until you find what what it is you need to do for your, your heart and soul is. Uh, I think a lot of people go through what you're going through right now. So often we tend to get ourselves stuck in, in jobs or careers that simply do not, how do I say this, do not belong to us. And if you're doing the work that is actually somebody else's to do and it's not yours, first of all, you're cheating yourself out of, your own life's purpose, but you end up inadvertently cheating someone else out of theirs. Mm-hmm. I just think I think you're not happy, and I seriously would consider looking elsewhere because I don't think the the happiness and the motivation is going to just come to you. I also want to tell you that you need to sit in the silence and listen to your guide. And that may not be an audible thing. It's that still, small voice inside you that only can come to you in the silence. It is the voice of your guide. It will tell you where to go. It will tell you what to do. You will feel the pull and the calling to the right direction, but it isn't what you're doing right now. Okay. And you know this. That's that's why you're not motivated, sweetie. Okay. You know, Misty, um, there's a you have Archangel Gabriel, who's the angel of writing all around you. 
And one of the exercises that um, this did not come from Archangel Gabriel, but Archangel Gabriel is all about picking up a book for inspiration, something to do with writing, reading, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, but it reminded me, I'm like, okay, is she supposed to write a book? And I was like, no, is she supposed to read a book? Well, yeah, that might help. I saw you looking at your bookcase uh, cases and just like intuitively going to a book that will inspire you. But, you know, I'm a life coach as well as intuitive, and one of the best exercises I've ever heard um, or ever used with my clients is one that I got from Michael Lozier, who's an NLP practitioner and brilliant law of attraction coach. And what he says is to take a sheet of paper and draw a line down the middle vertically so you have a long, skinny side on the left and one on the right. And then on the left, you write what you don't, want to do like if you take career so in career what i don't want to do anymore i don't want to go into work and feel awful i don't want to uh work weekends i don't want to don't want to don't want to now we know that when we're students of metaphysics and understand that you know when we say i don't want struggle we get struggle because the mind doesn't hear the do not want but Mm -hmm. Interestingly enough, with this exercise, you go back to the first one. I don't want to uh, walk into work and feel awful immediately. Okay, so you can, now you go to the right side of the paper, number one. Okay, so, um, Misty, what do you want to feel when you walk into work? So just say what you want to feel, Just if you'll play with this online, like here. Just what would you like to feel when you walk into work? Um, I would like to feel um, that I'm accomplishing something. I want to okay. feel um, productive. Okay, so I want to walk into work feeling a sense of accomplishment and I'm productive and I can't wait to start my day. Mm-hmm. So then you scratch off what you have on that number one on the left and then you go to number two, same process, whatever it was, then you say what you do want on the right side of the page, number two. You do this whole process. You can do it with relationships. You can do it with jobs. You can do it with where you want to live, what you want your house to look like, anything. Because a lot of times people know more what they don't want than what they do want. And so this is coming in the back door um, of of law of attraction to get clear and focus on what you want. And when you're finished, you scratch off, everything scratched off, you fold that paper over, and there's your map for what you want. And what will happen is either the job or career you're in will transform due to your thoughts affecting with consciousness, or it'll get cleared out and something else will just show up, but it's it's more in vibrational alignment with what you're wanting. That's that makes sense. What you're doing in that sense is creating one wonderful affirmation for yourself. Yeah, and it's like you're co-creating with the universe and calling it in, not making where you are wrong. Just simply, you know what? This is what I want, and I'm ready to receive that or more. So, anyway, it's just kind of fun to play with, and it really does work. And, and, and calling it as your own, <laughs> not just that you want it, claim it as your own. Claim it, own it, girl, because yeah. it's all you. Well, it, it worked with finding um, my boyfriend, so I have no okay. doubt it can work for this. Good. Yeah, I call it my creative mate list, you know, when it will. But, you know, you're on the track, you know, and, and bravo, and stop by and see Nikki at the October Fair in oh, Kansas yes, City. Okay. All right, thank you so much. Oh, you are very welcome. Okay, so Nate, my radio show producer, has a question for you, Nikki. Yes, <laughs> Here is the question. He wants to know whether or not he should go to a marketing summit in October, and if yes, where is he going to find all the money that he needs? So there's two questions here, but we're going to allow this. As, where where you is know. this marketing summit at? Okay, where Nate, are you there? Yeah, it's in St. Petersburg, Florida. See, I'm a, you, you should come to Kansas City instead. Thank you, Chair. St. Petersburg, Florida. Let's look and see. You know what? 
she worries so much. <laughs> you're you're gonna go. You're gonna sign up. You're gonna go. The money is going to show up out of almost nowhere, and it's an unexpected source, and it comes from a close friend. Uh, if they do not expect you to pay it back to them right away, this is something they are doing out of the kindness of their heart because they think this would be great for you, mm-hmm. and this will be fun. You know, Nate, what I get is attending seminars and and, and um, uh, you know being as being in a workshop, et cetera. You will, in time, if not at this workshop, you're going to start. You're going to be giving workshops, so it's almost like <laughs> it's it's part of your spiritual path to attend one of these to know where to put your energies and focus. You're, you're, you right now. It's time for you to be really open to teaching and learning, and so you're a student and teacher all at one time. And I, I agree, Nikki. I think the money's just going to show up as a loan, but a loan of just when you can. Pay me back when you can. That's how I feel it. I, and I feel that more of a reward for this person is watching your personal growth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean. Most of it's there. I'm like 50% there, and it's just this last little bit that I've got to worry about and, you know, to make sure that I'm not taken away from my family. That's the biggest thing. But I know that the potential of the reaping the rewards of going are limitless, so it'll yeah, help it'll, everybody. It won't far away any short-term cost. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I think <laughs> maybe. You're very welcome. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay, so Nikki. Yeah. I know now the people who are listening, you have a feel for Nikki's style of reading. And, you know, Nikki, tell everybody what they can expect at this fair. What what kind of lectures, what kind of vendors, what what, what will oh, they wow. expect when they come in? Oh, boy. Uh, first of all, we have so many vendors. Well, I mean, just tons of vendors with everything you could possibly want for your spiritual needs or psychic needs or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> Uh, we also have healers. We have readers. Uh, we have drawings for free readings every hour. There is so much wonderful energy that you'll find at this fair. Uh, we, didn't, we, we have so many readers now, we've had to create a second reading area. So we wow. have an extension on our readers because we've, grow, we've grown so much over the past, well, several years, really. And you will find vendors who have your crystals, who have crystal singing bowls, who have uh, uh, different types of, oh, there's a gentleman there who does healing with like a didgeridoo, like a sound healing. It's fabulous. We have massage therapists. We have Reiki practitioners, We have, which is an amazing form of energy healing. We have Oh, I, I can't even tell you everything off the top of my head because well, I'm no, that's you've given you've given the well. whole feel right there. I mean, and yes. you know, listeners, when you can go to one place and and do your Christmas shopping, holiday shopping, whatever you know, I mean, this is the perfect time mm-hmm. to find the stress relief gifts, the meditation gifts, the crystal gifts. I mean, things that or are a unusual. Gift to your favorite psychic. <laughs> yes, yes. And you know what? I mean, truly, some of the best gifts that you can give to someone is you find someone that you love to work with, Nikki Williams, Cindy Meyer. You find someone that you love to work with. And, you know, I mean, I've had people actually say, okay, I'm giving, you know, I want eight gift certificates at Christmas because I'm giving these as holiday gifts to my friends and family oh. because, 
you know, Nikki and I both read over the phone, so it's not necessary that you are in Kansas City or St. Louis to have well, access to our gifts. We both read over the phone, you know, where, you know, and, and I, I, it never ceases to amaze me, you know, when people say, well, I, I was at a gathering yesterday. Well, don't you have to meet the person? It was a psych- psychotherapist. Don't oh, you have to no. meet the person in person? I'm like, are you kidding? I've read for people for 12 years. I've never met. They're in some other different. people on the Internet. The <laughs> yeah, energy flows. The energy flows. Yeah, it, it doesn't yeah. matter if you're right in front of the person. And I am legally blind, so I can't see anybody I'm reading for anyway physically. I can see their aura, but but so on the phone, it's not the same. <laughs> right, I know. It, it's like it's like it really doesn't matter because there you are. It's just like Edgar Casey closes his eyes and bam, in a different dimension. There he came with these gifts that, you know, were programmed in there from a download from somewhere. Thank you, God. And he would give this information and then, boom, back into his body I and there he would go. People have a tendency to rely so much on the illusion of separateness. Right. When none of us are separate, we're, we're all one. This, this physical being, this is an illusion of separateness. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons you can read for anybody anywhere. <laughs> because we yeah. are all connected. Yeah. You know, I didn't know that. You know, I mean, I know it sounds funny, but like, I don't know, however many years ago, a long time ago, I was sitting at my desk and I thought, you know, it's lovely to help people, but I want to help people anywhere in the world. I kid you not. The phone started ringing off the hook. People from New York, people from Chicago. I stopped counting when I hit 15 states and it was like, Oh, this is lovely. And now with Skype, I, you know, Skype or with with just the Internet, I feng shui people's places from a distance because there's a lot of times there's not a feng shui consultant where they are. They either send me their pictures and their floor plan or I go right in there with their computers and <laughs> go into their interior of their homes. It's wonderful times we're in, isn't it? <laughs> I think this technology, I know so many people worry about it, but for me this the whole techno- technological revolution, I suppose you could say, is making bringing people closer together. I remember the first time I was on the Internet in 1994, and I was in a chat room on America Online, and I was speaking to someone in the U.K., and that blew my mind because if, before that, if you wanted a pen pal, you know, <laughs> that was the best you were going to get, unless you wanted to spend large quantities of money and talk on the phone. And here I was speaking right. to someone thousands of miles away. Oh, I know. It's real time, and that totally blew my mind. My my children don't understand that because they've grown up in a technological society. Oh, but. same as mine have too. And they, and you know, they're just like, what? I know, you know, and, and the, I mean, remember when the IM chat came through? I would hear my kids' computers going, bloop, 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 bloop. I'm like, what the heck is that noise? <laughs> and then I realized what it was. Oh, my gosh. Well, listeners, I want to give you the website for the Psychic Fair in Kansas City. It is prskc.org. I'll repeat that, prskc.org. We are speaking, we've been speaking with Nikki Williams, who is one of the featured psychics and the um, speakers at that fair. The show is on Friday, October 18th from 4 in the afternoon until 10 at night. And then Saturday from... I mean, it's pretty amazing. And then Saturday is from 11 a.m. till 10 p.m. And Sunday is 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. And it's just filled with amazing individuals who are wanting to make the world a better place and coming together with tools and um, everything for the mind, body, and spirit. And, you know, I want to remind you that this 
show that you're hearing is brought to you by Spirit Seeker Magazine. We are published each and every month online at www.spiritseeker.com. But we also accept donations for the show and for the magazine, people who are just grateful for it. So if you are listening to this radio archive and you're like, I want to make a donation, all you have to do is... You know, look on Spirit Seeker. The Contact Us button has our contact information. Or we accept through PayPal, C-Y-N-D-E, at spiritseeker.com. That would be me, Cindy Meyer. And, you know, the more, the more you know, we have people supporting us with advertising and supporting the show, the more we're able to reach others because, you know, we just do what we can. We do everything we can to make the world a better place. And I'll tell you what, Nikki, it's an honor to meet you. I, you know. I, I tuned into you. <laughs> I tuned into you. You know, I I just kind of got the essence of you. And I was like, yay, we're going to have fun. <laughs> I'm a playful psychic. I'm a playful psychic. I will admit that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, that's what, well, it's enlightenment. People that get so serious forget that, you know, light, enlightenment means lightening up. Let's lighten up, you know. I mean, okay. when your cells are singing and you're happy, you know. I mean, I interviewed Norm Shealy right before you came on. And, you know, when they did the study of, like, longevity, they studied these people for, I think it was, I think it was like 70 years, and what they found is the people that lived the longest, of course, were the ones who were happy. That is so true. Uh, you know, I, I read a, an article years ago in Reader's Digest that said, laughter truly is the best medicine. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, I mean, know, look honestly, at the secret really in the movie, the lady who cured herself of breast cancer by watching funny movies yeah. and laughing. I know. I mean, that's amazing. And and, and I think we have, we're fighting, I wouldn't say fighting, we are trying to to overcome a society that's built on fear. Yeah. And in this country in particular, we're so frightened often, uh, and we're made to be frightened, but we can overcome that. I, uh, what is Eleanor Roosevelt, what she say? There is no fear but fear itself, or what is it? Something like that. Yeah. And it's like basically... Fear is fear itself. Yeah. So get over it. Have fun. Tap into your angels and guides and do a little sound healing, some chanting. You know, Tina Turner says sing. It's the only thing you have to do, sing. Oh, my God. I I know that. (laughs) I know that so well. I've been singing my entire life, and there's no no other time when I am closer to spirit than than in those moments. Oh, my God. It is. It's, so it's perfect and beautiful. Okay, so we're not going to tone for you. We're not going to sing for you. But we're going to wish you happiness throughout this week. And just know that, you know, we're here every single week on Tuesday evenings. If you want to be added to our email list to find out about all the wonderful guests, info at spiritseeker.com. And there are over 300 of these amazing, wonderful, archived interviews at your easy listening. So thank you. Thank you, Nikki, for being my guest. And well, have a fabulous so fair. Okay. Okay, all right. Good night, everyone. Good night.
mean. 